What's up, everybody? It's been far too long, but we're back. We're here. It's Inside the Cowboys. I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Again, been way too long. I've been covering the Oklahoma Sooners for the last couple of years now, but we're back, and I'm excited to talk about what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. Sands Dak Prescott, the, the Cowboys, they're 4-1. Cooper Rush has helped the Cowboys to a 4-0 record in Prescott's absence. The defense, man, the defense is playing phenomenal football right now out of its mind they've got rushers coming from all angles and we're going to cover it here on the first the inaugural youtube episode of inside the cowboys thank you so much for being here and being a part of the show first let's just start with the defense my goodness what what do we have here it, it's it's mind-boggling to me to think that you can lose randy gregory and yet your pass rush got better now, I know we still had Demarcus Lawrence. We still had Micah Parsons. But let's talk about Dorrance Armstrong for a second. This is a guy who had a really strong year last year and probably was the guy that made them think, hey, we can let Randy Gregory go because as our third you know, edge rusher, we feel really good about what Dorrance Armstrong brings to the table. Plus, he's a guy that plays on special teams, and it continues to play out that way. Dorrance Armstrong, every single week, seems to make a big-time play for this team. That helps them win games, whether it's a sack, a big tackle for loss, had the you know the, the strip sack. He's also blocked punts, blocked field goals at times. The dude's just doing every single thing well. He's one of those guys that you like to call a glue guy. But this Dallas defense under Dan Quinn playing lights out football absolutely smothered that Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. They got the big play from Cooper Cup, but that was really about it. I mean, Tutu Atwell had a big play again uh, against Trayvon Diggs, who was right there, had a chance to make a play on the football, but other than those two big plays, they didn't really have anything that they could do offensively against the Dallas Cowboys. It was completely domination by the Dallas Cowboys defense. And a lot of it, it starts with the pass rush. Micah Parsons, man, the dude just continues to surprise us and take it to a whole nother level. Just when you think that this guy is finally kind of reaching his peak, no, he gets a little bit better every single game. And this one, he had a couple more sacks and at times, just playing on one leg. He, he looked like Dirk Nowitzki playing in the NBA Finals when he was sick, or Kobe, you know, when he, or not Kobe, Jordan, when he was playing his flu game, you know, Micah without a groin, uh, just absolutely just dominating this, this uh, Los Angeles Rams offensive line, doing so in such a way that it opens things up for Demarcus Lawrence and Dante Fowler and Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore and Osa Odigizua. This team is just playing complete football, and I, I'm wrong. I was wrong. After the Tampa Bay Buccaneers loss, I looked at this thing, and especially with Dak Prescott about to sit out, and I was like, well, that's it. Season's over. Looks like we're going to be heading to our top 10 pick. They said, squash that noise, John. Squash that noise. Those of you who are in, were part of Cowboy Nation that was part of, of the way that I was thinking, they said, no, we're not done. This isn't over. Yeah, we had a bad game. Bad offensive performance against the Buccaneers, a good Buccaneers team. But come on, we're far from done. It's just the first week of the season. We're going to get better. And the defense has done their part in allowing this team to win games and get out to this 4-1 and one, uh, record as they get ready to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, who are undefeated. Continue to tread water for a few more weeks, and Dak Prescott comes back. And if you get Dak Prescott playing at a high level in a way that he doesn't feel like he has to do everything and he can just kind of take what's takes, take what the defense is giving him, be patient and then go for the knockout blow. This is going to be a very, very dangerous and deadly football team. 
and you love to see it. Like you love to see what this team has become even without Dak Prescott. And I think it's been good for him. I, I, you know, I don't know him. I don't know what's in his psyche, what's in, in his mind, but I got to think that being able to step back and just kind of watch for a minute, understand that this defense is elite. It's one of the best in the NFL and he doesn't have to do everything. He doesn't have to score 40 points. That's going to be refreshing. And then he can kind of just simply like take, okay, a punt is not a bad play here. I'd rather punt than throw an interception or sack and get sacked and fumble the football. I don't have to get it all in one play. Don't have to hit the big play every single time on the field because that's what, that's what's happening with Cooper rush. Cooper rush is kind of like, you know, jabbing at his defensive opponents. He's throwing jabs, throwing jabs, throwing jabs. And every once in a while, you know, he's hitting a big play down the field. Now it didn't happen as much against the Los Angeles Rams as it happened in previous weeks, but they did still get some big pass plays that were crucial at times to extending drives and keeping the ball moving. But the running game offensively, that, that was a big story. That was a big part of this. Both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard just doing a really good job playing that thunder and lightning role in that running back back, you know, that committee that they're running so effectively right now where they're able to split carries. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, they gave you know Ezekiel Elliott uh, 22 rushes. He had 78 yards. Tony Pollard had eight carries for 86 yards. You know, it's not a, an even distribution by any stretch of the imagination, but it was an effective distribution. Zeke was running hard, getting the dirty yards, getting those, you know, three, four yard chunks. And then every once in a while, picking up a big 10, 11, 12 yard run play, doing what he needed to do to kind of keep the offense ahead of schedule, making sure if they were going to get into a third down situation, that it was a manageable third down. You don't want to play for third down, but if you have to get there, if that's what it's going to take against the Rams defense, that is good. They got Jalen Rams. They got Aaron Donald. I believe they still got Leonard Floyd. This is a, a really good Rams defense. Bobby Wagner's out there you're going to have to kind of be more methodical offensively against, excuse me, against that defense. And so watching Ezekiel Elliott run and run with kind of power and passion and, and just kind of grinding away at the Rams. I mean, this isn't the same offensive line that we had in 2016, but at times it looked like that at times it looked like, Hey, we need to, we're going to run the ball and kill clock and control the football here, especially late in that game. And they were doing that up until you know, they, they had a penalty and it just kind of knocked things back, um, had a tackle for loss and then a penalty and it kind of killed that drive. But on, you know, late in the fourth quarter when they were needing to just kill clock and pick up yardage and play field position a little bit, the running game was doing that. Credit to the offensive line, credit to Ezekiel Elliott. Aside from, you know, Tyler Smith's you know battle with Aaron Donald there on the left side, I thought the offensive line played a really, really good game this week. They're, they're looking to be really strong. Um, even with Jason Peters out, I, I thought this was one of the better games that uh, Connor McGovern had played over at left tackle. So things are improving. You know, I think it's still not a finished product. They continue, they can continue to get better uh, as an offensive line, as a unit. And with Jason Peters getting ready to come back against Philadelphia, I think that provides them a little bit more options, some more depth that they can use in, in certain matchups and situations that if they got to rotate at left guard to, you know, you need a big, a big first down here or, you know, on third and short, fourth and short, and you want to throw Jason Peters out there, a big body that can move some people. Let's run right there behind Jason Peters and Tyler, Tyler Smith, a good rotation out there might benefit both Connor McGovern and Tyler or, uh, and Jason Peters a little bit. So liking what they're doing as a unit wide receivers wise, CD lamb, you know, you're my guy. If you all follow me on Twitter at John nine Williams, you know that I'm a big CD land proponent, big fan of his. I do think he's got that wide receiver one ability. And at times I think he's got that 
that dog mentality, the guy that you want that's grinding away, able to pick up the dirty yards, pick up the tough yards, make the tough catches. He's got that ability. We see it every once in a while, though. It seems like he, he does have that concentration lapse a little bit. But, you know, the one drop after the big first, you know, Cooper Rush made a big throw to the sideline to, to find C.D. Lamb, which would have been a big first down in the moment at the game. And the ball gets kind of stripped out of his hands. That's a tough place for that to happen. You hate to see that happen in that moment. But it's okay. Let's breathe a little bit. Let's understand that that was just a good play by the defense. You want your receiver to be stronger on the ball than that. Maybe he will be next time. Michael Gallup had a bad drop as well. Uh, maybe a little bit tougher of a, a ball to catch, but he was wide open. He catches that. Not only does he pick up a first down, but he picks up a lot more yardage after the catch as well. So the wide receiver group, not great, but they didn't also have many opportunities to make plays. Uh, you know, They only threw the ball 16 times. Um, you know, Stephen Lamb, five catches, 53 yards. Michael Gallup, four catches, 44 yards. Noah Brown, one catch for five yards. Um, so, you know, again, not a great game, not a great performance, but, you know, it was solid. They, again, you throw the ball 16 times and you get 10 completions. That's pretty solid. Uh, they weren't going to ask Cooper Rush to do a whole lot, especially once they got the lead um, off the, the strip sack, Demarcus Lawrence fumble return for a touchdown, and they were able to get the field goal off the blocked punt. I think that definitely allowed them to just sit back and let Cooper Rush kind of manage the game, be the bus driver a little bit. All right, getting back to the defensive side of the football, Trayvon Diggs, six tackles, you know, six solo, uh, a solid performance. You know, again, he gave up the big play. Um, you know, the Cooper Rush or the, sorry, the Cooper Cup reception was also on when he was in coverage. But Cooper Cup's just a great player. That's just what it comes down to. A really, really great player. That's that kind of thing is going to happen. Um, but otherwise, again, Trayvon Diggs is a really good player. He's not somebody that you're concerned about. Matthew Stafford on that deep ball just threw a perfect ball and Trayvon Diggs got his fingers on it and nearly made the play on it, even though he was a step behind. Uh, looking at just the defensive front and who had the most pressures, Osa Adigizua had the most total pressures according to Pro Football Focus with seven. Uh, Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence were just behind him with six and Dante Fowler had four as well. Another guy that I've been really, really impressed with has been Sam Williams. That guy just seems to play with a similar edge to his game like Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is just a, a ferocious, fast, intense player. And it seems like we're getting a little bit of that from Sam Williams as well. So that's really exciting to see. I'm really excited to see what he's going to continue to develop into. Because if you got Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and Sam Williams and Dante Fowler and Dorrance Armstrong, that's a really great group of, of edge rushers that you can work with. Um, and then you talk about your interior defensive lineman. You know, the, two weeks ago, it was Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill really having strong performances this past week. It was Osa Odigizua who had a really strong performance and they just continue to get better and better and better. Um, Anthony Barr is starting to really come on strong, a very underrated signing that's been really good for the, the Dallas Cowboys had three stops according to pro football focus um, and, and playing really good in all aspects of his game. Good in coverage, good as a rusher, good against the run. And Leighton Vanderish, I feel like, is playing really well against the run and as a pass rusher as well. There was, you know, on that, I think it was the last um, Micah Parsons strip sack. I'd have to go back and watch it to be precise. But I believe Micah Parsons was getting, or sorry, Leighton Vanderish was getting some pressure up the middle on that as well that didn't really allow Matthew Stafford to be able to step up in the pocket uh, to avoid Micah Parsons. So just defensively, just really strong performance. 
the kicking game, I think, is continuing to be a really great aspect of this team. Brett Maher is putting all the doubters to bed. You know, he's silencing all the doubters at this point. Um, another great day for him. Uh, I believe he was perfect on the day. He had three field goal attempts, made all three, hit his extra point. Can't ask for anything better than that. Brian Anger had, you know, averaged 48 yards per punt and got three downed inside the 20. So you're, you're liking what you're seeing on that front. Um, just overall, just a really, really strong performance from the Dallas Cowboys against the LA Rams doing everything well, like playing well in all facets of the game. Uh, even on the penalty front, I, they weren't penalized very much. Uh, according to the stat book, they were only penalized five times uh, for 42 yards. So much better in that department. That's something that we've really been complaining about much since Mike McCarthy took over this team is they, they just been overly penalized, but yet this is a team that they cut down with on it on the road against the Rams. You know, they had a, a bad offsides penalty where it was like third and five and had a chance to get off the field on defense. They had the penalty, um, but nothing, nothing else was like incredibly egregious. I, I, there was a, a holding call on your tight end. I can't remember the, the dude's name, but one of your younger, your younger players um, that uh, Hendershot, I believe it was Hendershot that had the holding penalty on. Um, so, you know, not great, but sometimes you're just going to get beat and you're going to, you're going to get called for a penalty. But the fact that you only had five and it was for only 42 yards, that's a huge, huge part of this game. Being able to not be penalized eight to 10 times a game that makes up, that makes a huge difference for this team. So big credit to the coaching staff, Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore. Everything is flowing well right now. Keep some of the same game plan whenever Dak Prescott comes back. Make it a game, not, not to completely take the ball out of his hands. You don't want to do that because the guy's such a really such a good player, a borderline great player, that you want him to be able to get out there, survey the scene, make big throws, challenge people down the field, Get the ball to Michael Gallup downfield, CD Lamb downfield. Let him take chances. At the same time, let's help him find when to kind of take those shots, be patient, and not feel like he has to get the big play every single time out on the field. So big game, big performance. Another big game coming up this Saturday or this Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that's playing really good football. I said it a few weeks ago on Twitter that. I thought this was a really good team. A lot of people, they kind of shot back that they hadn't played anybody yet. And I mean, you could, you could argue that that's not necessarily unfair at the same time. You can only play the teams that are in front of you and the teams that they've played, they've played really well against, and they've gotten off to a five and zero record. So the Philadelphia Eagles, they've played so far. I'm looking for it right now. They beat the lions 38, 35, the Vikings, 24, seven Washington, 24 to eight. Jacksonville, who had been looking good going into that game, 29-21, and then they beat Arizona 20-17. Arizona isn't looking great necessarily, but Jalen Hurts is playing really good football this year. One of the different, the big differences right now is his passing. Last year, he was an effective passer at times, a lot of it being late in games when the Eagles were having to come back and make a, make a strong comeback to try and get into a game. This year, that's not been the case. He's been throwing well from the get-go. He's averaging 271 yards passing per game just this season, and he's rushing for 53 yards a game. So he's he's averaging more than 300 total yards by himself this game this season. He's got 10 total touchdowns on the year, and Miles Sanders is running the ball well, averaging 4.8 yards per carry. So this is going to be a tough matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. 
That being said, it's a matchup that they can win. If they play strong defense, they're able to slow the run down. They're able to contain Jalen Hurts in the read option game. And that gives them a better chance of making him a little bit more one-dimensional and then perhaps slowing things down in the passing game. But they've got a really good receiving core with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. That's going to make things a little bit challenging. Dallas Goddard as well. So they're looking more and more like a complete team every single week. Uh, again, this is going to be just another test for them to prove that they are what their record says they are. And we'll see if the Dallas Cowboys are going to be up to the test, if they're going to be able to go in and knock off the, the remaining undefeated team. Um, we'll see. I, I think the defense is going to be up for the challenge. If Cooper Rush can make some big throws um, in this game, I think it'll give the, the Dallas Cowboys a chance to come out with a win. But they're not going to be able to just run their way to a victory in this one. The Eagles are too good up front. They're, they're just playing. They've, they've got the, the dogs, the horses um, in the middle of that defensive line to make things really, really challenging on the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Um, you know, right now, they're, let's see if I can find what they're doing so far uh, this year. But, um, you know, right now they're averaging just, or they're allowing um, just. They're allowing five yards per carry, so maybe you do have a chance to to make some things happen in, on the ground uh, against this team. Um, even with the, the guys that they've got up front, like Jordan Davis, um, it's, it's going to be a tough test. But the Eagles have given up some points this year, so your offense should be able to move the football as long as you can keep Cooper Rush protected um, and make sure that he's not throwing into some, some spotty situations, some spotty spots. So big test. Dallas Cowboys are going to be up for it on the defensive side of the football. This is one of those games where you need your, your other players other than Cooper rush to come out and have a big performance like CD lamb, like Michael Gallup, like Noah Brown, like your offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. You got to get a big play from somebody and you got to get them to make the routine plays. Like when there's, when you're about to make a first down reception, you got to come, come away with it. You can't let that ball get batted out of your hands. When you're wide open, you can't drop the ball. You just can't drop it. Uh, if you get a hole, you got to be able to hit it and you got to be able to pick up the yard. So it's going to take a, a strong fundamental game from this team and a strong disciplined game, not getting a lot of penalties, especially being on the road, playing in what's going to be a loud environment. Got to avoid the false start penalties that can really kill a drive. So that's going to do it for this episode of Inside the Cowboys. Again, subscribe to the show here on YouTube. Just getting started. We're going to get back to doing this thing again on the weekly basis. We'll get some guests in here, some friends to talk Dallas Cowboys football with us. But I hope you enjoyed it. Again, follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. We'll continue to talk Dallas Cowboys. Leave a comment in the comment section. But like I said, just getting started. Back to talking Dallas Cowboys. I missed it. I missed y'all. It's been too long. I love my Sooners. I really do. Having a blast uh, covering the Oklahoma Sooners for Locked On Sooners and the Sooners Wire. But excited to be back talking Dallas Cowboys with you, Cowboys Nation. Until next time, enjoy this weekend. Enjoy your NFL Sunday. Enjoy this fall weather. It's been fantastic. If you're from the Texas area, which I know a lot of you are, I know you're enjoying a little bit of a reprieve from the heat. Me up here in Oklahoma, it's the same thing. It's been hot all summer long. Man, that fall weather has felt so, so beautiful. So enjoy it. Have a great day. Peace out.